Hi and welcome to Social Work Sorted, the podcast. I'm Vicky Shevlin, I host this podcast and I lead Social Work Sorted, which is an online platform of resources for newly qualified social workers. I provide CPD accredited training and assessment skills for students and newly qualified social workers, online masterclasses, ebook guides, and I have a brand new membership, The Collective. And you can find all the information about The Collective and other ways to work with me, or just get in touch and have a chat about this podcast, to be honest, in the show notes. If you are new to this podcast, then you are so welcome. And if you are returning after listening to another episode, thank you so much for listening, for your support. If you enjoy this podcast, if you find it useful, if it makes a difference to your practice as a social worker or a student social worker, then I'll be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and or a review. It makes a huge, huge difference and only takes a couple of seconds. Honestly, one day I am going to get some music or some kind of intro to this podcast so I don't have to say the same thing every time and it will just go automatically but after even over a year of doing this podcast I still haven't got around to doing that yet. Anyway in this episode I want to talk about your self-care and looking after yourself because every morning this well this last week every morning I made the decision to go for a walk before kind of starting my day so like six half six I'd get up and go for a walk and I I don't have a garden where I live I live quite close to a park so I'd go and walk around the park it was the end of August really nice sunny fresh mornings so it was just so nice and as I was doing my walks around and taking nice pictures of the morning and posting them I was thinking there are going to be so many people watching this or flicking through who cannot go for a walk in the morning before their day starts because there have been many years in my life where I have been that person wishing that I could have an amazing morning routine, wishing that I could go out and do something for me or have some time for me before my day begins and so many times for so many reasons that hasn't always been possible and you know, this is social work. Obviously, I cannot even go for a walk without some sort of systemic analysis. But I think it's important, particularly when you're starting out as a new social worker, because there's so much talk about self-care and looking after yourself. But that's all well and good in a perfect world where you have an unlimited amount of time for yourself. But not everybody has the same circumstances. And so I wanted to talk about that. What do you do if your circumstances mean you don't have time for certain practices of self-care because the wonderful world that is Instagram and TikTok or whatever social media you follow will tell you that the only way to do self-care is by getting up at six o'clock in the morning and doing a meditation or yoga or journaling, whatever that looks like. It will tell you that the only way to look after yourself is by drinking green smoothies and having this aesthetically pleasing looking lunch or whatever it is and I know certainly for me particularly on days when my life looks so different to that I end up feeling like I've failed at self-care and looking after myself even though I know that is someone else's version not my version and even though I know that that is a real kind of capitalist consumerist 
version of events, it still makes me feel bad. So I wanted to talk about that because yes, last week was great. I went for a walk every morning and it was so good for me and it was the only time in the day that I could manage that. But this week was a bit different. It rained a few mornings, a few nights I didn't have very much sleep and I needed sleep more than I needed a walk in the morning. I had different commitments which meant I couldn't get up and go out and have that time to myself. And it's really important to, I guess, remind myself, remind other people that, you know, if you have caring commitments, whether that is being a parent or that is something different, you have to have a second person to be able to take over those caring commitments in order to then do something for yourself. Sometimes that's not possible. There's been times in for me when my husband has worked away from home, so it, I didn't have a second person to do that. There are single parent families who are trying to manage without any support, without any childcare, with incredibly expensive options for childcare thanks to this shoddy, horrendous government. You have to have access to somewhere to be able to go and go for a walk. Like I said, I don't have a garden, but I live close to a park. That isn't a reality for some people. If you want to go for a walk, and I'm just using this as one example of self-care, you have to feel safe enough to do that. Again, weather conditions make a difference to that. Your personal safety, the area that you live in, the colour of your skin, you know, there are so many privileges to it. And that's why I'm saying no, or why do I have to turn this into a conversation about systems? But it is always about systems. I could go for a walk as a white woman at six o'clock in the morning and all the other people that I met were white because I live in a predominantly white area and the, you know, everybody smiled at me, everyone smiled at me and everyone said good morning and that isn't the case for everybody. So there are so many factors to consider that it is never just as simple as being able to just go for a walk in the morning and... I think it's important that we talk about that because it isn't just us as social workers. If we are then going out and talking to parents, carers, young people about taking care of themselves, we can't just say, why don't you try and do this thing? Why don't you try and do that thing? Because there are so many layers underneath what might seem a simple act of self-care. If we're not considering those, we're being completely insensitive to people and we set ourselves up to fail and we are going to set families up to fail in the same way. When I was newly qualified, and again, everyone's circumstances are different, I was single, I wasn't in a relationship, I didn't have any caring responsibilities, I was fortunate in that way that I could navigate that first year of social work without really having to think about anyone else but myself and I know so many of you are not in that situation but I was also navigating a workload and managing different visits and trying to do everything all at once and so I wasn't necessarily going out and about and getting up in the morning and doing something for me because that wasn't necessarily balanced for me at that time it wasn't as attractive to me at that time in my life to get up early and go and do something. I didn't necessarily need that. I didn't have a car when I was a newly qualified social worker because I was working in London. And so walking was a part of my day-to-day anyway. And that probably 
saved me a great amount of stress when I look back and think of it, but that was just part of my day-to-day job. So having that time to myself, it wasn't really time to myself because I was commuting, but being able to walk to work or walk home or walk different places throughout the day, it really helped and supported me. And I'd always taken with me from my placement, my first manager, always went for a walk at lunchtime and he called it his well-being walk and so even though I was walking to and from visits and walking was a big part of my commute I also made sure that I left my desk and had lunch and I went for a walk usually in and around lunchtime and that was a possibility for me. As my social work career progressed and my life changed there have been times where I have worked as a social worker but I have also been a parent with you know getting very little sleep multiple wakes up a night I have never had children who sleep the whole night through um and even if you do have children that sleep the whole night through you're still probably tired because it just changes your life in that way different caring responsibilities change your life in different ways you know there's so many things that happen in life that affects things like sleep, which means that it has a knock-on effect on the rest of your day. And if that is you and you're thinking, you know what, there are other circumstances that are making it absolutely impossible for me to have a morning routine right now or have a particular self-care routine, because it isn't just having children that, you know, means that you aren't able to do that then I want to talk about some things that you can do because I always focus on solutions. One of the things that I have done, particularly when I've had no time or capacity to do anything at either end of my working day, is to fit things into my working day. So like I talked about, going for a walk at lunchtime, making sure I have my lunch. There have been times in my social work career where I have got to work and before I have started my day, I've gone for a walk. So because I couldn't do that before, I was doing like nursery drop-offs or whatever it was, I wouldn't then go for a walk until I got to my place of work. This is the time when I would drive to work and I would start my day then. So that is always an option for you because once you kind of start your day, once you're getting into meetings and home visits and the rest of it, sometimes lunch doesn't always work out that you are in one place at the same time. So if you can, can you start your day with that walk and let go of any guilt about that? Let go of this feeling that you absolutely have to rush into your office, open your emails up straight away. You'll be far more productive particularly if you have had a crazy busy morning and you've not had time to catch your breath, you'll be far more productive if you actually start your working day when you get to your office or when you finally sit down wherever you are if you're working from home and actually then go for a 10 minute walk. And for people saying, oh, I don't have 10 minutes. If you've had a crazy busy morning, you're probably gonna spend over 10 minutes procrastinating anyway to come down from that let's be honest so you might as well spend those 10 minutes doing something that is going to regulate your breathing get you outside get you moving create a little bit of calm give you a little bit of control over your day and let you feel like you have had a little bit of time for yourself so build that into your working day if you struggle to build things in around lunchtime I would schedule it in your calendar. I love an Outlook calendar, not just because I am one of those people who colour codes everything because, yeah, that is me, but because 
it acts as a reminder. If I have my lunch scheduled in my calendar, when I am booking things in, I'm mindful of it. And if it's not there, I almost, it's easy to forget about, isn't it? It's easy to just think, oh, I'll do this visit then and then I'll fit lunch in. And before you know it, you haven't given yourself any time. At least if you start with that, if it's half an hour, have that in your diary scheduled in as a break because you are far more likely to take it. The second thing that will make you more likely to take it is if you have somebody to do that with, if you have somebody who's going to be like your accountability partner, whether that is another ASYE who might be in a different team, whether that is one of your colleagues, maybe that is your whole team that you make a commitment that you're going to do it together. But if you've read the book Atomic Habits and it talks about habit stacking and it also talks about accountability, if you have somebody in it with you, again, you are far more likely to do that. Another thing to think about is actually just reflecting on what self-care looks like for you because it is different for different people and there are some things that are almost universally accepted, movement, any kind of focus breath work or relaxation, you know, things that have a physiological benefit that bring us back to being human. There is a lot of, um, and I think it's probably becoming more popular, the idea of journaling. It's something that I find really helpful, but it's not for everybody. So don't try and fit yourself into a box if it's something that you really hate or dislike or you don't enjoy. And often, I think journaling is definitely best done, or for me anyway, when I am writing, handwriting things down on a piece of paper or in a in a journal, it's what it's called journaling, isn't it? Um, state the obvious there, Vicky. But if you don't have time and you need to get things out of your brain, use the notes on your phone, like set a timer for two minutes and just start typing. You might even be faster doing it that way. If you have a computer up in front of you because you're writing things up and you're feeling stressed, again, use the computer, type it out. If you fix yourself to, oh, I have to have this particular journal, and, and that's the only way that I can get these things out of my head, then, you know, you're going to be so fixed on that idea when you have options around you to get things out of your head and in front of you, you won't take them. So use whatever you have to and just let go of the idea that everything has to be aesthetically pleasing. And the next thing is to think about, and I suppose this is what I tell myself as well, because it, it really is my dream to consistently wake up before everybody else in my household and be able to do something for me. And sometimes that's possible, but most of the time it isn't. And then I get myself in this mindset of, oh, I've not done it this morning, so today's a write-off. Like that can quite often happen. And that definitely happened much more when I was in frontline practice, working in duty and assessment teams, in child protection teams. And it would get to the end of the day and I would almost feel too tired to do anything else. And sometimes all I needed to do was go to bed. If that is you, if that resonates with you, if mornings are just not your thing or they're not your thing right now, but you know that there are certain practices, certain habits that really help and support you, can you do them in the evening or can you do something in the evening that helps you the next day? And this is the kind of hard conversation that I have with myself at night when I repeat to myself I don't have time 
I will look on my screen time. I will look at the time that I've spent scrolling certain apps. And if that is over 10 minutes, then I probably have 10 minutes, if I'm being really honest with myself, I probably have 10 minutes to go and make some lunch for the next day or even just get my clothes out for the next day because it takes away some decision fatigue. I might have time to do a two minute meditation or a little yoga stretch. Again, whatever it is for you, it doesn't have to be anything that's the same as me. So really challenge yourself, particularly if you are feeling stressed and you are feeling burnt out, rather than trying to do something, you know, a whole evening routine that is half an hour, an hour long, what can you do in 10 minutes? Can you stop scrolling for 10 minutes and do something? If you allocate time to listen to a podcast, can you allocate that time to do something else for you? Unless podcast, unless listening to a podcast is your form of self-care. So I guess this episode is just to push you very gently into unpicking some of your beliefs around self-care and looking after yourself because we all have these fixed in our head. Like I said, I certainly have them. I feel like I'm, I'm quite proud of the way that I look after myself, but I always really try and check in to when those idealistic images start creeping into my head and I start having this belief that oh I'm not doing self-care in the right way for me and I always have to remind myself of context like what is possible for somebody else might not be possible for me and that is okay and I just have to work with what I can work with so I hope that's been helpful for you let me know also if you think it's just been a ramble let me know that as well so I know what not to do in the future but I hope that you can do something for yourself after listening to this podcast, even if that is something that is 60 seconds or two minutes long. If you want to be part of my new membership, The Collective, where I will be sharing ideas for looking after yourself, a monthly meditation focused on supporting you as a new social worker, monthly masterclasses, a live Q&A again every single month, then I would love for you to be part of the collective. There is currently a waiting list and there is a link to sign up in the show notes. Spaces will be available from the last week in September. They're going to be limited because this is the first time that I have held this unique space for newly qualified social workers and students who are ready to learn, ready to reflect, ready to grow with like-minded people. I want to be able to be in this with you, want to be able to get to know you, be able to chat to you like I do with so many of you already, but having that sort of regular community and regular collective, I know how helpful and how supportive it is. So if you want to be part of that, if you have been to masterclasses before and you found them really helpful, they made a difference to your practice, if you follow me on Instagram and the posts that I share really resonate with you. If you listen to this podcast and it supports you in practice or you have ever listened to it and it has made a difference to your day, then the collective is for you and I can't wait to welcome you into the space. Like I said, you can join the waiting list. The link is in the show notes and like I do at the end of every single episode, I want to invite you to slow down Take a little pause with me, 
time to reflect on what self-care means to you. Let go of other people's ideals, let go of what other people project out to you. Think about what is right for you, what is realistic for you. Remove pressure from yourself. And just know that whatever is going to happen in your day to day, whatever has already happened, this little pause, this moment of calm is yours only. And you can come back to it whenever you need to for however long you need it. Thank you so much for listening and take care.